It's Monday. It's June 10th. And the word of the day is anopistography, which means the act of writing on one side of the paper. Used in a sentence, the opposite of anopistography is doing more anopistography. <laughs> right, yeah, actually. It's so fucking wasteful. That's why I always type on both sides of the screen. See, <laughs> if I want to get anopist off of me, I just need to use our hair gel for jerk loop every time. <laughs> <laughs> I no illusions. no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delay from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Heath will advocate for President Pete because it turns out they're both racist. Okay. Noah will cringe through the edit at the makeshift studio in our Airbnb. And you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. But first, the rest of the intro music. No, first you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me for this very special episode of The Skeptocrat, our fellow skeptic rats, no illusions, Eli Bosnick and... Andrew Torres. Gentlemen, before we start talking politics, let's get a little personal. For any new listeners who might need to get acquainted with us, what is your one-line Tinder bio? Oh, no. Oh, no. We are not doing that. for I, I, Before we do that, I want to point out on our shared document, Noah literally assigned me Mr. Pink. I mean, so why can't we pick our own damn You're Mr. Colors? Pink. No. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with this script. That was 100% Heath. I don't know why. Okay. my We were, tinder, we were doing Tinder bios, Mr. Pink. Um, mine is, get off my lawn. It's, it's a Brazilian thing. Mm. <laughs> uh, face zero, body zero, cuddling, 10. Mm. All right. Can confirm. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Democratic primary today and its giant field of candidates, all of whom would be so much goddamn better than yeah. the current situation. Yeah. We could run Nobody Nobody 2020, <laughs> and that should win. That's a good Just, idea. Yeah, right? Just an empty White House for four years. That's great. Just to get comparison. the smell out. But, <laughs> the, smooth, yeah. But we do have a handful of candidates that we want to discuss. And it turns out all four of us are decidedly in the Liz Warren camp. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh, yeah. Correctly assume that? Great. And, uh, well, that's because she's clearly the best candidate and we're all very intelligent. We well, are. It's true. Or in my case and maybe Eli's case, we copied homework off these other guys. Either way, I feel point like I'm being, a thought leader. Thank you. <laughs> point being, if you disagree about Liz Warren, it's because we're better than you, yeah. like as people. Yeah, no. And so is Liz Warren. That being said, those were jokes a little bit. Mostly not. No, no, no. no. Depending on how offended you were by them, they yeah. are that much of jokes. Take that just right. All that being said, we'd like to do a review of some other players in the field. So we're each going to give a pitch for our second choice candidate. And um, let's go ahead and have Noah start us off, your second choice candidate after oh, Liz Warren. Oh, okay, okay, I like that you repeated that setup, but let me be super clear on the framing. I don't actually have a second choice candidate at this point. Looking for a second I'm, choice I'm, candidate. <laughs> there's a lot of different ice creams that I've eaten in the past. No, I'm, I'm super flexible. <laughs> Uh, on the field, and and I like several of the uh, the candidates. And for the purposes of the episode today, I couldn't pick somebody that was already going to get picked by one of the other guys. And now that I'm done, oh yeah, and there's, there's such a small <laughs> protesting to too much. <laughs> Let me sheepishly admit that I went with Joe Biden here. All right. 
Well, this is good. This is good. I think this is good. Everyone needs to get used to the feeling of this. Everybody just get <laughs> right on the used back of the neck. This. Settling for Biden. Everybody make your fucking peace with that just in case. That's <laughs> well, important. Exactly. And that's my point, right? Look, I get it. We're talking about a guy who kicked off his last presidential campaign by being vocally surprised that a person was both black and clean. A little too surprised. Yeah, a lot he's, too surprised. He's such a prolific gaffer. They had to make him get a card from the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And on top of that, He's less progressive than our current tax structure. So I get why a lot of people are rolling their eyes at the thought of a President Biden. I mean, I just need to roll them to get them to bleed the way that I do right out of the tear ducts. Yeah, no, right. No, that's important. But OK, so here's here's the thing, though. I want to offer a seven word defense of Biden. Should we wind up there? Right. I'm not really supporting him in the primary. But if we wind up with Biden, here's my seven word defense. Were things really that bad under Obama? One. I, I got it right, Eli. I, yeah, he clearly got it. I right. mean, not seven. You know, we We're could, we could seven. talk about antitrust law. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we could, but that's a different show. So J- Joe represents almost exactly the same slice of the Democratic ideals as Obama did. Yeah. And, and and as a person <laughs> who vehemently supported the four more years of Obama policies that we would have gotten under Hillary, I'm almost duty bound to support those same ideals as embodied by Joe Biden. Now. I know a lot of people are obviously thinking about the recent flip-flop on the Hyde Amendment as a counterpoint to supporting him, but I think we should be taking the opposite tack here. Look, yes, Biden is an old, centrist, way-too-conservative curmudgeon of a candidate, but he's one that responds to us, though, right? Like, so when we all got together and said, oh, no, the fuck you didn't, he said, you're right, I didn't. My bad. Right? That's the thing. Joe is going to be exactly as progressive as it takes to get elected. And I know a lot of people want way more progressive than that. I get it. So do I. If I was appointing a president, that person would be way more liberal. She'd be Liz fucking Warren. But (laughs) if I'm voting for a president, you know, I can see a lot of advantages in voting for the guy who's going to be just progressive enough to get the Democratic vote and respond to the Democratic electorate, but not too progressive to get the vote from, you know, conservative people who are slightly more terrified of Trump than brown people. Honestly, we could probably lie and just like say he's the Republican candidate and we're going to get some of those swing voters, right? We're going to lie. That's smart. All right. And obviously, look. I could provide a laundry list of great reasons not to support Joe Biden. If this was a sane year with a sane person on the other side, I'd probably be way more standoffish about him. I, I hold very little likelihood out that he's going to be destined for presidential greatness. But I see him as like a, you know, like a low ceiling, high floor kind of guy that would represent a return of normalcy for a lot of voters who aren't plugged in enough to be listening to podcasts about candidates a year and a half before the election. So it might be a good time to, like Keith said, just steal ourselves for that moment where we have to swallow our hopes and aspirations and just say, okay, but when push comes to shove, what do you want the president to be grabbing her by? The shoulders? That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's I mean, it Fine. Is. that's that's not bad. Democrats, the party of exterior grabbing. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, ladies. We De- did it. Democrats. Gee, your hair smells terrific. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep cut for no one, like three of our listeners. Yeah. I learned today that that's a real uh, product, hair product from the 79, 70s. baby. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's, yes, it's it literally is. called 
the entire phrase, gee, your hair smells terrific. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the commercials, there it's it's kind of like if everyone involved with the Brady Bunch did more cocaine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have changed my opinion of that now. Not physically possible. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Andrew forces me to come to grips with how old I am again. I guess we're going to take a quick break for our first sponsor this week, The Great Courses Plus. Look, if you're like me, a lot of your college experience was trying to make it through a 7 a.m. lecture without the hangover being visible from a professor who was also trying to make sure the hangover wasn't visible. I received a wildly substandard education and paid for it for decades, and that's why I love The Great Courses Plus. Every minute I spend with The Great Courses Plus makes me regret that college tuition a little more. Because honestly, at this point in my life, I'd love an opportunity to sit down with experts in their fields and pick their brains about physics, history, biology, astronomy, and more. And that's exactly what Great Courses Plus is. They offer unlimited access to thousands of lectures as diverse as understanding the mysteries of human behavior, modern political traditions, even travel photography or Mediterranean cooking, all taught by enthusiastic experts who are chosen not just because they know their subject matter, but because they know how to teach it. And with the Great Courses app, you have the flexibility to watch and listen from just about anywhere. And of course, if you're looking for a place to get started, I got a great recommendation for you this week, an introduction to formal logic. I know you're probably thinking I learned that in college, but you were hungover, remember? And you lack the real world knowledge necessary to make the academic theories concrete, or you flunked it, or you were great at it. You just need a refresher. One way or the other, there aren't many better ways to get thinking than to think about thinking for a bit. And for a limited time only, you can check out an introduction to formal logic in any of their other courses for an entire month for free. But I warn you, it's only going to take one course to hook you for life. Anyway, to get your trial month free, you got to sign up at our special URL. Sign up now at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. They're great courses. If you've ever caught Noah sounding smart on the show, we're the reason why. And we're back. Boo, needed more voices. More voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's All right. a way to showcase the talent in this room. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Andrew. I didn't like your pitch either. <laughs> <laughs> pitch was shit. All right, I'm going to go next. Um, and I'm going to choose Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Absolutely oh, not. What? Just saying it is too much. Uh, no, because <laughs> Mayor I mean, Pete, this is a good choice because he's a 37-year-old, middle-class, white male with yeah, way all the experience and perspective that one needs to understand <laughs> politics. That's important. We don't write good punk lyrics or dark, brooding poetry very well, but we're amazing at understanding the human condition of everyone in our diverse American fraternity. You're <laughs> literally the worst at that. I, I think I think you're going for we're there. Thank Eli. you. How dare you? <laughs> I have a doctorate before I'm 30. Eli's 42. Like Keith, Keith is 38. <laughs> Eli, come on. Like like physically, you're 38, right? That's, in Eli years, you're that 42. That is generous. Cut me and count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> in cross section. So, so um, Mayor Pete is coming to the table with Seven entire years plus, in fact, seven plus years of experience <laughs> as mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Oh, well, Maybe you've in heard of it. Case. It's in Indiana. And <laughs> assuming the ability to govern a football stadium of people translates perfectly <laughs> to the entire United States, he'll be good to go. I mean, right? Not the Rose Bowl, right? Like, well, no, 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 not a big one. No, like OSU size. State. It's yeah, about so, yeah, you know, it's a 100,000 100, people <laughs> in South Bend. He's killing it. 
Uh, but in all seriousness, I think Mayor Pete does bring some positive attributes to the table. He's definitely not my favorite. He's actually not my second favorite either. But for the purposes of this, I chose him. Um, he seems like one of the most intelligent people in the race. That I can say genuinely. I think he is. He, yeah. He's a very eloquent speaker. He seems to understand the issues he's talking about. Um, he's 37, so he'll probably be alive for the consequences of bad environmental policy. Oh, that's, that's a good a positive. one, yeah. And he'd also be the first openly gay candidate on a major ticket. And that's important. That is very important. To me right. I mean, he and Justin Trudeau, thing. like, might end up making out on TV. And just the chance of that, <laughs> that is, is enough to make him our leader. Very strong point, Eli Bosnick. And uh, there's one other big strike in the negative column for Pete Buttigieg that's worth mentioning. He's gay. Um, wow. <laughs> Jesus nope. Christ. Get it out um, there, Heath. So, based on what I've read, it looks like Mayor Pete handle the situation with his former chief of police especially badly. I don't know if anybody's read about this. It's pretty rough. When he became mayor in 2012, he reappointed a guy named Daryl Boykins to be South Bend police chief. And this was their first African-American chief in their history. And and to be clear, by the way, Indiana uses the same years as the rest of us do. It was 2012 for them, too. <laughs> yeah, he might have been appointed a little before that, but yes, it's very recent. But a few months later, after that happened, Mayor Pete found out that Boykins was being investigated by the FBI for illegal wiretapping. And this eventually led to Buttigieg having the guy demoted, which sounds kind of reasonable, I guess, until you look at the details. Apparently, Boykins was fully aware that a bunch of cops under his command were giant bigots. Um, yeah, turns out there were racist cops, racist white <laughs> cops in the state of Indiana. The hell I, you I was surprised as you are. It's for real, though. You were. I really was. So Boykins caught these guys using a whole bunch of ethnic slurs during phone conversations out of the police station. But the recordings were technically illegal. I, I, I feel like the recordings were regular illegal. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, the fact that you're no, illegal yeah. bigots that deserve it doesn't make them... It doesn't make the law a technicality, but... Right. If I had a nickel for every time Noah had to explain that to me. <laughs> I, I do have a nickel for every time I had to explain it to you. No, Andrew, confirm that they were illegal yeah, right, wiretaps? Regu regular illegal. Regular yeah. illegal wiretaps. Okay. Um, it's still an ongoing case also. So Mayor Pete claims he hasn't heard the tapes. Probably false. Yeah. I Definitely imagine false. he has heard the that's, tapes. That's 100%. He claims he hasn't. And he, he also said that even if he did hear them... That's, that's a good which, sign when you plead in the alternative. Yeah, thank you. Yes, Confirmation, exactly. the first thing, was definitely <laughs> false. Yeah, shouldn't have said that. But even if he did hear them, he can't talk about them because it would violate the law. That is actually true, Andrew. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mayor Pete also claims that U.S. attorneys told him that they'd probably stop pursuing federal charges against Boykins if Pete demoted him. Probably, they said, allegedly. And according to just about every U.S. attorney and just, you know, attorney and also just common sense, that's definitely not how it works. Again, Andrew, can you confirm is that how it works at all? You, you know, the, the the word probably does not get used as a law thing <laughs> that often. You know? But we can confirm that cops are racist and the system is built around protecting them. So maybe. Was yeah, no, it, you know, right. So I mean, for, for the record, Eli was joking precisely to the extent you were offended by that, by what he just yep. said. He's like Heath in that way. I'm Remember like that the opposite, for a lot of stuff. Because if you were a little offended, and then Writing I meant on it all one, the way. One side. <laughs> if you were a little offended, that wasn't enough. <laughs> so regardless, big picture, the first ever African-American chief of South Bend was demoted because he exposed horrible institutional racism but technically broke a rule during that process, which feels like the wrong outcome. 
Uh, side note, Boykins won a settlement of $50,000 for a wrongful demotion claim. Other side note, the four officers who got caught throwing around ethnic slurs ended up getting settlements of $500,000 for, you know, all the hardship they endured. In, 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 in Indiana? In, in, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying this was all Mayor Pete's fault, but it did not give me any extra confidence that he's going to be a great ally for everyone. Probably for me. So that's good for me, but not for everyone. So Mayor Pete in 2020. Did I, <laughs> did I sell it? Did I nail it? I'm sorry, does he have a platform or anything? Or? Keith just said it. Mayor Pete 2020. What do you people want? <laughs> just listen. Look, I mean, literally every molecule below the waist on Mayor Pete right now is currently being occupied by a journalist fellating him. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm just going to reserve judgment, hang around back, you know, wait, wait for the line to get a little shorter. And <laughs> then I'll revisit in six months. All right. So, <laughs> honestly, though, here's how I feel about Pete Buttigieg. Either... He's running for senator of Indiana and going the long way around, which is actually a pretty smart play, I think. Or he's actually running for president and he's an insane person. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know much about the guy other than he's smart as a whip. He handles himself well in a town hall and he that talks hall. about Jesus way more than Ugh. anyone I want presiding over me. He's got a ghost. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to write that off as as like a political overcorrection against the people who are going to use religion oh, no, oh, as a no. bludgeon against his gayness. But right. he talks about Jesus way too much, like way more than you'd need to to do that. Yeah. Also, his name is fucking Pete. Okay. I just, can <laughs> <Okay>. we not? <laughs> Pete? Can it be Peter? Are you better Petey? with Peter? Oh, where should we sit Petey next to the <laughs> prime minister of Burundi? No, no. Actually, one other question about Pete. He did that town hall on Fox. We talked about it on an episode recently. What, what did you guys think of that? Did you, like, Andrew, especially, you weren't on that episode. Did you think he should have gone on the, the Fox town hall? Let, like Liz Warren, I boycotted the Fox town did, hall. So. Good Amen, answer. Brother. Good answer. All right. I also had moral reasons for not doing the homework. What were your moral reasons? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor, The New Yorker. You guys all set to record? Yep. Ready to go. Uh, where's Eli, though? Hey, fellas. Um, Eli, you sound different. Yeah. It, really? Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I have been reading The New Yorker. Really? The New Yorker? That's right, Heath. You know, The New Yorker represents the best writing in America today. Beyond publishing the best writers in the world, The New Yorker holds people in power accountable through rigorous reporting and compelling storytelling. See, I didn't even know you knew the word rigorous. Oh, oh, I do now. I mean, huh. thanks to writers like Helen Rosner, a James Beard award-winning food writer who joined The New Yorker as a roving food correspondent in 2018. She's contributing essays and has reported stories on all things gastronomic. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, how do we keep you like this? You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be super expensive to keep you like this. Oh, no, right? no. In, in fact, you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6. That's regularly 12 bucks. Plus, you get The New Yorker tote bag by going to newyorker.com slash skeptocrat. Listeners save 50% when they enter skeptocrat? That's right, Noah. Wow. You do not sound like yourself at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to court. Okay. Okay. Maybe you, you keep reading. And we're back again. Next up, we have the well-considered opinion of our 
distinguished attorney at law. Andrew, your second choice. All right. So look, I, I mean, everyone knows I'm I'm here to be the sober, responsible one, right? I mean, sober? I, I, not on this trip so <laughs> far. Responsible one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've explained at great length that whoever we elect in 2020 needs to be the most grown-up of grown-ups, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. got to be someone who's willing to roll up her sleeves, do the hard work that needs to be done to fix the goddamn mess that, that Donald Trump has gotten us into, right? It's got to be somebody with um, significant leadership experience, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who knows foreign policy to help us out from this war that we inherited from the last three presidents that nobody seems to be able to get us out of, right? Somebody who can get things done and get things done with, with what are likely to be really slim margins in the House and zero margins in the Senate. Time machine Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you, 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 two votes. <laughs> you went with Andrew Torres again, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why my second choice candidate is Andrew Yang. Is Halfway Warren. there. Oh, yes. okay. There we go. Got it. Andrew Yang, who has never been elected to anything anywhere. <laughs> um, he's currently at 0.8% according to the latest Real Clear politics up average. to 10. Yeah, right. And uh, in 538 has him at 94% in Wisconsin. But Okay. <laughs> okay, so not Torres, but an Andrew equally likely to become president. Interesting play there, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look, look. Uh, in addition to an 80 name tool here, like the, the reason that I picked Yang is this is literally the only time in history where your vote, right, in the primaries will actually send a message, right? And in this case, that message is, hey, have you thought about what the economy is going to look like in 20 to 30 years? That, I mean, that's a good question, it, it, though, right? It, it seriously is. It's a real question. And if we lived in a remotely sane country, right, our politicians left and right would be talking about it, right? Um, because because here's the, the the structural deal, right? Totally sane, right? Not just Elon Musk, right? Our, <laughs> people are saying that like between 50 and 90 plus percent of our jobs could be done by, uh, it, it, let's be honest here, like not particularly bright robots yeah. with, within a generation, right? And, uh, you know, so now you get the idea why I like bash on the legal Zoom every couple yeah, of Yeah, because man, <laughs> fucking lawyers are going to be one of the first to go. Yeah, yeah, without like, a doubt. Yeah, look through these papers. Oh, how will we get a computer <laughs> to do that? Yeah. Hey, Siri, is Eli allowed to say any of that really long rant he just said? <laughs> Nope. Great. Thanks, Siri. Uh, also, we broke your chair. Cool. Later. <laughs> so, so look, Yang's solution to this is the UBI, or Universal Basic Income. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It, it takes every adult in the United States would get a certain stipend, right? For Yang, he picked $1,000 a month, right? And the concept here is to decouple the basic minimum for sustenance from the, the, the notion that that needs to be a part of your job, right? So right. no one would ever be in a position to starve to death because of automation, right? Sounds pretty nice. It, 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 this is a really Just neat, uh, but but also morally. really weird idea that like attracts people from across the ideological spectrum, right? So it's super easy to see why, you know, socialists and, and far left liberals like it. But, but if you start thinking about it, you can see why libertarians are like Murray yeah. Rothbard types are like attracted to this where they say, hey, look, we're going to bring everybody into the market, right? So nobody can complain that they can't afford stuff like housing, health insurance, basic needs. Yeah, that's right, libertarians. No minimum wage. Yeah, Get excited. You, <laughs> you are not being detained into empathy. Yes, you are. Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, though, uh, serious question. Are you pro or con in terms of universal basic income? Well, I'm, 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 I'm pro 
talking about it, right? right? So, but look, like the, here we are. The, the, Soft pedal a bit. There, 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 Very well. there are a couple Wait of a problems. I am also pro talking about. There we it. go. Uh, there, there are a couple problems with the UBI, right? You might want to start off with the fact that the UBI uh, would cost uh, $3 trillion to give oh. uh, everybody $1,000, every adult 18 or over in the United States, uh, $1,000 a month. The U.S. GDP is is only $3.65 trillion. Um, mandatory. Not all of it. Yeah, but mandatory <laughs> debt payments are about half a trillion. So if you implemented the UBI and you wanted to avoid deficit spending, that would mean cramming everything else that the country has done. Um, that's like $4 trillion of stuff every year into that $150 billion window that's left. That's like a 97% cut. Yeah, in- right. And that's not just like a cut in taxes. That's a cut in overall economy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's also 97% of like your vacation. And guys, guys, don't worry. I read a bunch of boomer think pieces. We just need to start making coffee at home. I'd like to build, build some roads, but you know. Um look, so so you can see the appeal for libertarians and conservatives who'd be like, hey, yeah, no, we'll, let's trade off. We'll eliminate the $3 trillion in mandatory spending on Medicare and Social Security in exchange for a UBI. And 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 you can see liberals who are thinking, um, no, no, look, like that's the starting point, right? Like right. we want the UBI and we want Social Security and we want Medicare and we want to expand that, right? Um, and I do want all that. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to get that, right? So, um, to make the numbers work, uh, Yang thinks that a UBI would would generate around thirteen percent GDP growth. Um, well, well, let's just name numbers. Yeah, we, <laughs> I think it would be ninety nine. <laughs> I will defeat inflation with my sword. In the year twenty thirty five, Tony D is still a garbage man for the goddamn love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The GDP is through the roof. Uh, <laughs> So did, that job would be automated. I understand. No, I understand that you'd have a blowjob robot do that in your deck, taking out the trash at the same time. That's that's technically two jobs. Yeah. Did did I mention that Yang's other? I really like. I mean, there are literally three buttons on his website, and the second one is Medicare for all. Hey, that's a good button. Now, did I did I get yeah, the third I, one is to purchase his Wix website? <laughs> Skepticoftheyear.com. <laughs> Uh, and and then uh, did I also met, uh, um, I I don't want to be accused of, of misrepresenting him here, so I, I'm just going to quote this directly from the third button. Okay, this is not a good sign. Yeah. Yes, quote directly from him <laughs> to make fun of him. Uh, no, I, Andrew, hey, uh, in order to spur development, the government should issue a new currency, Bitcoin, the, the digital social credit. Nope. Which what? can be converted into dollars and used to reward people and organizations who 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 drive significant social value. Couldn't it just be dollars? Then? This this new currency would allow people to measure the amount of good that they have done through various programs and actions. Dollars. You're describing dollars. Yeah, yeah, you're describing that plus Star Trek, right? <laughs> yeah, like that right, is, right. That is, how could we possibly have an economy without money? Well, people are rewarded for doing... Bunny box. <laughs> yeah. What? I knew we'd get rich someday. <laughs> Think of all we've contributed. Yes, all right. Or don't. Andrew Yang, work on it. Maybe 2024, see what happens. All right. And finally, we've got Eli. Who is your number two? I mean, it's mostly blood, but we had Middle Eastern food the other night, so it was like Atari. Stop. I, no, not that. Never Ooh. that. No. Ooh. Not not what? Got it. 
Okay. Great. So the president stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I am here to advocate for the elephant in the room, the thriller who's vanilla, the Jewish <laughs> atheist civil rights activist that baby boomers think they deserve, Bernard Jebediah Sanders. <laughs> Jebediah? Yep. I don't think look that's that up. Jebediah. Go counter Google. <laughs> now, look, I could pitch you on his policies, Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, maybe you've heard of it, minimum wage, voting rights. I like these things. He's got it all. And he was on a folk album called We Shall Overcome. That's yes, he was. Yeah. No, his follow up album, dot, 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 eventually is due out any day now. <laughs> White senators finally made it. <laughs> but I'm not here to talk about his policies. I'm here to talk about three little words. 12%. Nope. Seems hard to get that wrong. You're done? 12%? According to the Cooperative Congressional Election Study, a massive election survey of around 50,000 people, 12% of the people who voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary eventually voted for Donald Trump. Get the fuck out of here. 12%. Yeah. 12%. Who the fuck are these people? Imagine the level of temper tantrum you would need to do that. Like, I wanted my favorite socialist, Harumph. So, Nazi billionaire. <laughs> Not, what, how do you get there? Well, so, okay, I totally get this. It's It's the... They weren't attracted to Bernie's policies. It's the, I just want somebody who doesn't sound like a cookie-cutter politician contingent. Right? I mean, you'd love to think that they drew a distinction between guys who hit that mark through straightforward advocacy for common sense liberalism and people who got there via racial slurs. And to be fair, 88% of them clearly did. <laughs> now, a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, Eli, what does that 12% have to do with the election? Mm -hmm. Well, here's my point. As we've said before, 2016 was decided not by voters, but by petulant third party and non-voters. And... If we're not careful, 2020 will be as well. And sure, we can sit here all day with our, you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. And you you, you should have your voted votes for Hillary Clinton. Repeat message. that one more time. But Hillary the people Clinton. we're telling that to don't care. No. Because those people looked our trans, gay, Muslim, immigrant brothers and sisters in the face and told them just how hard they could fuck themselves with their vote. They aren't reasonable actors. If we treat them like they are, we're going to lose again. Or if Eli's wrong about that, I just want to add one more time. You should have voted for Hillary Clinton. It was like six of you. Like six of you could have done that. You should, you should vote for anything but this. There That's you go. the answer. Mm, they're already mad at you. But see, you know what's the other thing when there's the lesser of two evils? The other thing is the greater of two evils. Seems so easy. They're already on Facebook asking for puppy pictures. They can't hear you. <laughs> Navigate it away. Send me those puppy pictures. But that's okay. Because these assholes love Bernie. Because yes, Bernie appeals to the liberal anti-corporatists in us all, but he also appeals to that special brand of loser. The one who spends their entire life sure that their lack of success and fame is someone else's fault. That the, <laughs> the one to blame is not their t-shirt company, their okay. laziness, or their Personal. overall Personal. suckiness. With It's the capital S system. They love Bernie. And if we get them... We can run the country while they fail to write their blog. <laughs> He's like bizarro John Galt. And I mean, there's plenty of good things about what I just described. <laughs> yeah, but it's right, not right, ideal. Yeah, exactly. I, I exactly. love Bernie, though. I just want to say Eli has got to be the only professional podcaster with the balls to throw shade at people with failed T-shirt startups. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, we got to we gotta cut this, this love here. Sure. It, it, Bernie and Hillary had like 
290 debates during <laughs> yes, the last primary. <laughs> Eli, did did you watch Bernie answer a single question during any of those? I had a YouTube fight that I didn't get a chance. I was going to go back. There's a cheat sheet usually. Yeah. yeah. You ever watch a bulldog bark at somebody walking by their yes. house? <laughs> there you go. Oh. You watched it. Look, was one of those Bernie? <sighs> Probably. It might as well. If you have watched Bernie Sanders answer a single question about what he would do as president, you would realize this is a person whose yearbook photo says will never be president, right? He has a T-shirt that says <laughs> protest candidate on the back, right? There is literally nothing about Bernie Sanders that makes you think, yeah, this person could actually run a country or. Yeah. And look, as a dude, I fucking love Bernie, right? Like the opposition to Bernie hasn't always been. And hell, it's never really primarily been about Bernie. He's a bit of a protectionist to me, you know. Yeah. I I, I, yeah, I get true. that we have to throw the rust belt a bone, but I'm actually kind of mm-hmm. happier raising the, raising the living. Well, if we want to win the fucking yeah, we do election, but right, but but right, I'm the happier without that raising the living standards of people in shitty countries than people in shitty states. <laughs> you know. Anyway, the point is, as much as I'd love to hail to that chief, his supporters' absolutism scares the fuck out of me. Oh yeah. Right, because when you set an unattainable goal as the minimum you're willing to take, you lose the negotiation that's, before it fucking starts. That's dumb to do. Yep. <laughs> right, and, and I'm not saying that Bernie does that. I think he does, you know, very often, but I'm not, it, the, the point isn't that Bernie is doing it, or even that Bernie supporters generally do that, but enough of them do it to scare the fuck out of me, at least 12%. 12%. Yeah, right? yeah. How many of them did I, that? Do not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> It's an awful nice constitution you got there. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to him. All right. Eli, good job. I think you sold Bernie Sanders very nicely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bernie plus or, Jewish. Sure. And sure. atheist. No, At the I, same I, time, somehow. I atheist. like a lot of stuff about Bernie <laughs> yeah. Sanders. But atheist enough to just throw shade at atheists yeah, while answering that question? Yeah, that was amazing. Exactly. Didn't like that. Yeah. that guys, I said, together. if you listen to him answer a single question, you would put him at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One final question before we wrap it all up. Let's do... A little marketing. Without knowing who's going to be on the ticket, what's a good campaign slogan for the Democrats in the 2020 general? Go. Uh, all right. Hindsight 2020 is too easy. I've used that before. So uh, <laughs> That's really good, though. <laughs> candidate X, I've never raped anyone. Mm, How about ooh, Yang? That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I would not be comfortable no, saying none of this. Yang has well, never Well, Yang raped. is not going to Thank you. Wins, so okay. it doesn't matter. Fair. Academic. All right. Uh, any, it could be, could be for any candidate. Okay. So uh, mine would be Liz Warren. I will personally come to your house, uh, drink a lovely Chardonnay as we sit on the couch mm. and cuddle with you in a way that's vaguely suggestive, but still lets you, you know, back out of it if, if, uh, if I'm moving too fast. <laughs> and why, don't we, why don't we put on some Barry White and crank up the bass and... Uh, uh, we, uh, I'm sorry. What were we and on? Can we just with get you no. on one time without you seducing Heath? Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. 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 Uh, uh, I've got one. Uh, yeah. What's yours? <laughs> 2020. <laughs> 2020. Oh, great. That's going to sound great yep. in this little makeshift studio, man. That's great. the noise we live in right now. <laughs> Fantastic. I think on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions, Eli Bosnick, and of course, Andrew Torres. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. 
And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Cassie, Olivia, Jody, Marie-Pierre, Michael, Christina, Ask and Tell Project at askandtell.com, LGBT service members stories, Haiti, Mark, Wanderlust, Lil Brother 89, Elizabeth, Kristen, Paul, and Suzanne, all of whom made very generous new pledges. Also, Vincent, Everett, Adrian, go fuck yourself. Okay. Lynn, Fair, That's an actual place. That's an actual place. Part of it is the Icelandic volcano. Rob, part of it is just fucking. No, no, no. That is a place in Wales. Go, go, go. It really ends in Cilio, go, go. Caleb. Thank you, Caleb, for that. Let's see you, Caleb. Also, Brian, Riff, Trina, Tweaks, Malek. James, Jade, and Eric. Pronounced Malik. Whose dicks and vaginas, is it Malik? It's okay. I don't know. M-A-L-I-K, I I feel like would have been Malik. Thank you. Generally, that's how Malik is spelled. Great. And Eric was the last one. Whose dicks and vaginas are so beautiful that I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch myself. I touch Heath. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody really sang. That's fine. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. 2020. I was waiting to hear how that was going to sound. From yeah, right. <laughs> reading saw that, that written in the script. And- The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.